Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think there's just something extremely beautiful in that reference in pop culture of how I think I want to, like, portray being a woman Mm. and being a mother, Mm -hmm. which is just like you are a golden thread through my rich tapestry of life. And you Mm -hmm. are, like, always with me. But I just don't think there's any value to being a mother who if your child is away from you and comes back, like your whole meaning for your life was missing while they were gone. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to bring you our episode with Courtney. So Chandler and I sat down with our sister, Courtney, and we initially, you know, we're going to get to all the questions about bouncing back after pregnancy and all the kind of more shallow questions, to be honest. But we ended up before we got there having a really rich and meaningful conversation about maintaining your identity in motherhood and maintaining your relationship with your husband during the early parts of raising children. We talk about surviving the first trimester of pregnancy, priorities, how to prioritize peace over other things that may make your life look good, but actually add extra stress. I think Courtney... You know, she's such a beautiful, glamorous woman, and there's so much to admire from the outside. But I think one of the special things about her is, you know, there's actually so much more admirable from the inside. And what I mean by that is like, if you're actually living with her, like I have, you know, I stay with her every summer for at least basically like three weeks. Um, And anytime I'm with her over the holidays and stuff, Courtney has an entire side of her personality that is just so wonderful and wholesome. And she has so much to offer just, I think, in the, the realm of being a woman and a mother beyond the glamour and fashion, which is, I think, the side of her that people see the most. And I think that she just has so much value to share. And so I was really so thrilled with this conversation. And we ended up chatting for an hour and a half. So this first part of the conversation is going to get into all of those more substantial questions. And then we're going to talk next week. We're going to release part two next week where we get into all the questions about bouncing back, you know, getting back to feeling like yourself, health, wellness, more kind of those questions. So I'm so excited to bring you part one. You guys, you're going to love it. And if you do, please please share, please share this episode because I think that a really inspiring message is shared and I'm just really excited for people to hear it. So thanks for listening, everyone. And without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with our sister, Courtney Grow. (laughs) 
Well, 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 this is a long awaited day. It's been a minute since we've had her on the pod, but our famous sister, Courtney Grow. Oh my gosh. Influencer extraordinaire, but more importantly, a blood <laughs> relation, everyone. Sister is on the podcast. Welcome. Oh, please. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, so people ask you all the time, how are you so hot? How is your body so banging? And they also want to know all about pregnancy, motherhood stuff, really all the hot button issues beyond the fashion that you're so adept at. You're also an expert at all things just being a hot mom. Um, oh, that could be the episode title, How to Be a Hot Mom featuring Courtney Grove. Oh, nailed it. I No, please don't. Please, anything but that. Um, anyway, so we are going to ask you all those questions, get the truth. And Courtney, actually, a, a question just came in that's brand new. So do you mind if I read this off really quick? Yeah, please do. Okay, so someone wants to know, is the rumor true that you stay... My heart is already racing. <laughs> they said, is the rumor true that you stay yeah. so hot because your primary mode of exercise is climbing on top every night when things get hot and heavy? Oh my gosh, Lauren. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I've genuinely said the worst words a woman can hear. I've said this to Lauren is, do you want to be on top? Because the answer in my heart is always no. It's absolutely <laughs> The answer not. is always no. Anything that can be done. I mean, that's why I do Pilates. Because anything that can be done on, on your back is better than doing it. Uh, honestly, the other day, my... I'm like a pretty like faint-hearted person. I feel like you guys always. I'm like a pretty sleepy person. Like I go to bed pretty early. I I'm not necessarily like weak, but I'm not like the girl who's gonna hit like a high fitness class at 5 a.m. And the other morning, my Pilates instructor, she's like, "Are you good to stand up today?" And I'm like, "Yeah, good to stand up today." <laughs> like that's how she sees my disposition. Like, "Are you good to stand up today?" Is a question she felt like she needed to ask. Yeah, this person has clearly worked out with you many times. And uh -huh, I remember uh -huh. I remember when you were espousing the virtues of Pilates to me. You're like, it's a workout you can do laying down. Okay. Do you need to hear any more? Right? Like, I don't know how many times I can emphasize that to people. Like, here's what you don't understand. You're on your back. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but okay, let's get to the heart of the matter. So I think personally we should start off with nutrition questions because I think we got a ton of these and I mean I think gonna give a bunch of unwinnable answers here or yeah we're gonna for it. I think that a lot of people want to know how to lose weight after pregnancy so let's start with some stats to set the stage Courtney what is your age mm -hmm. height and weight if you don't mind disclosing <laughs> I just turned 36 I'm 5'9 and Honestly, I don't even feel like we should give away. Oh, I feel like this oh, is absolutely not. Ridiculous. Did, did no someone actually ask that? Answering. Yes, someone asked that. What is your oh social security number? That's the next question. Okay. Well, I, would, um, I mean, she can share her American Express number. That's fine. Yeah. I with us like privately. And, and a huge reason why I wouldn't give my weight is because it is different every single day. Right. Totally. Okay. How did you slim down after pregnancy? That is really, I think, like the heart of the matter. Let's talk about that. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about this and I want to give answers that are helpful and answers that are accurate. And for me, I gained with James and I think with James, I probably gained the least. I probably gained like 35 
With Lewis, I probably gained 40 to 45 pounds. And with the twins, I stopped looking. Like, I think I, I actually, at all of my doctor's appointments, I never look. Mm-hmm. I would weigh myself at home, but I don't weigh, like, and not because I'm so um, afraid of the number. I just don't care. And I don't want to know. And I know mm-hmm. that it can have, and like, an emotional power mm. over your day. And so if it's not first thing in the morning, like butt naked in my bathroom, to me, the number's irrelevant and I don't care and I don't look. For sure. And I truthfully don't even weigh very much at home. Okay. But but there are like, like when you go check into the hospital, like for like anesthesia reasons, they make you weigh. So I do kind of have these like numbers in my brain of how much weight I gained. But I think your body, in terms of weight gain when you're pregnant, it is my personal opinion your body is just on a program. Mm. I really don't think there's much you can do to like stave off that weight Interesting. or like have it be less. Like I think you are just, you have buckled yourself into that roller coaster ride and you're just going to get off when the ride's over. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, actually I honestly have no idea because I've never been pregnant. So I don't think I need to give my wisdom on that. Um, but okay. So so regardless, I guess, of however much you gain, what is your process after that experience? And maybe can you talk about like what that was like for you to, you know, have gone through the pregnancy journey and have weight you want to lose potentially? The only person who does not find a pregnant woman's body adorable is the pregnant woman herself. Mm. And so you feel like this, and some women don't, but I felt like I really was uncomfortable in my pregnancy body the whole entire time with each and every single one of my pregnancies. There's something about being pregnant for me and my personality where I like hate someone looking at me and knowing something about me. Like it's just Mm. this weird Courtney quirk. Like I am like the most married woman on earth like you guys know how obsessed I am with Wyatt but like I'm just not even a girl who like likes to wear a wedding ring Mm -hmm. I just don't like anyone to know anything about me just by looking at me and so it's weird when you're pregnant because you don't have that luxury like everybody knows you're pregnant everyone knows you've had sex it's like that um that TikTok like everybody knows he asks you like it just it's like wearing your personal life on your body interesting Mm -hmm. I'm just super uncomfortable. And something that nobody prepared me for is that I thought like your stomach just grew, but it's more like there's a balloon inside your body and you are expanding in 360 degrees. Like everywhere Mm. is getting bigger. Like the balloon is just being blown up inside you. It's not just like a little cute tummy thing for me personally. Right. Well, I look back on pictures and I really do feel like it looked so cute. I just hated it in the moment. Yeah. Pregnancy does not speak to my natural state. Like, I don't think it gets talked about enough how much it kind of can play on your brain chemistry. And all three of my pregnancies were really clearly marked by, like, serious and pretty terrible health anxiety. Yeah. That just, I constantly felt like this guy was falling with each pregnancy. And I, unfortunately, I, I didn't really enjoy any of it. And I regret that. And I wish that I had kind of been like older and wiser and more mature. And I think I would have had more control over my subconscious and like repetitive thoughts. Mm. You know, you definitely were not the type. You're not a Rihanna. You're not sporting, you know, a sports bra, a bare pregnant belly and like a super low rise jean waltzing into Pizzeria 712. You are more (laughs) like... 
you know, big coats and completely covered head to toe. You weren't a Kourtney Kardashian. You did not embrace, you know, being the womb of creation. Uh Mm -hmm. And if you had to go back, would you have more Mother Earth Giselle vibes? I hope I would. I think that for me, we obviously like tried to get pregnant for so long and it didn't work that when I was pregnant, finally, it just felt too good to be true. And so I just could never really embrace it. Like I was Mm -hmm. just so afraid, truly until the moment I checked into the hospital to deliver each and every single time. I was so afraid that something would happen that I just couldn't. It felt like I was jinxing it. Like my mental health has never been lower than during each and every single one of my pregnancies. That's so interesting. So I think I think like Courtney now can't even answer that question. Yeah. I mean, I checked into the hospital with James probably four times because I didn't feel her moving enough. Like it was a situation where by the I time that. I got to the labor and delivery ward to deliver her, like I'd been there. Like I'd had those monitors sucked up to me so many times. Mm-hmm. And like bless Wyatt for being so nice. We were like self-pay. I remember, and I would still just go an hour without feeling a strong movement and check myself into mm, the yeah. hospital. It was just a dark period for me. I mean, I think the pregnancy brain hormones are real. And I think that that is a really interesting point. And I think that, to be honest with you, this is something that we all as Bledsoe sisters struggle with. But I think that unless we are like actively considering the worst case scenario and stealing our brain against it, if we just decide to like trust in things going well and just embrace positivity <laughs> and things that are great, we feel like at that point, fate like the universe will it's gonna teach us a lesson totally yeah and so you have to almost I think that's like, a little yeah. bit of our religious upbringing which it didn't do that to everyone like i'm not For saying sure. that is the outcome of growing up religious but that was like where i've kind of routed that back to mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i think we're getting to like the delivery part but i think we're laying some important groundwork that i yeah. had always heard of postpartum depression but i think i had like partum depression like depression while I yeah. was pregnant and then I think it's almost impossible not to have a little postpartum depression mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and I never really even thought I had it until I was looking back on that period of life and I'm like oh yeah I was definitely not myself so I would just like to all those mm-hmm. women out there the first time like I would just go ahead and expect yeah yeah I think that you know, I think I think this is great. We got a lot of pregnancy questions. And so I think before we get to the weight loss stuff, let's kind of go over these. So someone wants to know how you survived the first trimester. Did you find the first trimester to be worse than all the other ones, than the other two? Completely. It is oh, really? Like you are effing flat on your back. Mm. And the only thing you want is fast food. And it tastes better if it's DoorDash. Like if somebody <laughs> else, because I wouldn't even like, if I needed like water between like when I ordered when I decided I was like craving fast food till it got delivered like I needed Wyatt there to satisfy that craving so he couldn't (laughs) even leave to get the fast food I had to have it delivered yeah I don't even think you can overstate the twins for me because you have twice the levels in your bloodstream like you're convinced nobody's gonna want to be with you once this baby comes because you've lost all sense of personality and self it's really hard to take care of your children that are already born. It is. You are basically feel like you're dying. Okay. Wow. Okay. So Sorry. the question was, how did she survive the first trimester? And it was not I, well, bitch. It was a Dorinda Medley well, answer. Bitch. And basically, like, Ugh. 
the way you survive all of this is with help from other people. And this is the part where you talk about me, right? That's where I come in. That's where like a soliloquy is. Yeah. All of you guys were so helpful. Aw. Well, we love, we, I mean, we were obsessed. It was so fun. For what it's worth, I always knew that you didn't like being pregnant, but I didn't know that it was that hard for you. The first trimester. So you did definitely did a good job of putting on a good face. Yeah. And just like in general, like I know you don't, you don't bask in being pregnant. I knew that, but you know, I didn't know that it was like truly white knuckling every single second. Wyatt's told me I am a complainer. So I'm very happy to hear this (laughs) from you that I'm not. Um, I think I just go quiet. I think you guys know me well enough to know that like most of the time, like I'll just say nothing Mm -hmm. if things are bad for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you are super private. Yeah. I don't think people would be surprised how private I completely. And I think that to be honest with you, there is a sphere of your inner circle, but there's also an an inner circle within that inner circle. And that is just you and Wyatt. And I think that there's a lot that Wyatt is privy to that even your closest, nearest and dearest are not. Um, Because you're just a tender Mm -hmm. private person. And he's really kind of like your safety. I'm a little cuddle bug. Totally. My, can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. Pop Apologist 20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it's just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimbleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimbleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off somebody <laughs> was descri- described me as a cat I think I'm definitely like a lap cat. Yeah. Oh, for absolutely. Like I'm going to meow. I'm going to like get a little grouchy sometimes, but I just literally like want to lay in a windowsill in the sun and and like be stroked. <laughs> yeah. Well, Courtney, this is a question that someone asked and I think it's a little controversial. So what is your honest thoughts on this? Someone says, I don't want to have kids because I'm too vain. Is that crazy? I think if you don't want to have kids, you shouldn't talk yourself into wanting kids. Okay. 
I think that mm. there is so much biological pressure on women to have children. And having kids is so, I cannot overstate how much work having kids is. That if you do not want to have kids, you shouldn't talk yourself into it. Maybe that's saying, like, I think, yeah, I just don't think you should. I think, yeah, that's like a level of self knowledge that I admire. Yeah, for sure. Know, but, but I will say, you can, like, in terms of vanity, like, I don't think that's the best reason not to do it. I think the best reason not to have kids is that you don't want to, like, interrupt your life. Mm-hmm. But I do mm-hmm. think you can feel, like, just as hot as you ever felt. You do. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that if if Courtney Grow has taught us anything, it is that the trajectory is just upward, baby. Things just keep getting better. Style, looks, Onward just keep getting upward. hotter. Um, can you talk about remaining positive during the process of, you know, you talked about struggling to get pregnant. What was that like in terms of trying to cope with that process? Because people want to know like why you chose IVF and how you remained positive while dealing with infertility. When I look back at that phase of my life, it is without like those trying to do the math here. But I think it was at least a solid three years of wanting to be at least pregnant or having a baby and not having and not meeting that goal for myself or whatever that ideal. And I look back on that phase of my life as the probably bar none, the biggest blessing I've ever. um, Interesting. The biggest blessing in disguise I've ever received. I think if I had had kids like right the first time we tried, like gotten pregnant first shot, I, I think knowing myself as well as I do now, I think I would be having a full midlife crisis. Like, Ooh, really? So basically the minute Wyatt and I were like financially stable, I was like, let's have a baby. Like, this is what you do. Mm -hmm. We should start getting pregnant. Like, we should just start doing this. And like the show on the road, because having kids is like, you know, the whole purpose of your life. Right. That was definitely how we were raised. Yeah. And so when it didn't happen for us, we literally spent three years with money, not a a ton of money, but like with enough money to travel, Mm -hmm. to like go out. To truly have, like, the experience that I needed to have mm. um, that I didn't even know I needed to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I met Wyatt mm. when I was 20. We got married when I was 22. And I think we were, like, 24 when yeah. we were, like, let's have a baby. And so I got to have this almost, I mean, this almost second adolescence mm-hmm. of, like, extremely yeah. Selfish, and I don't actually hate that word. Of just like extremely satisfying experiences mm-hmm. that have been the complete and total savings account with which I have withdrawn through the hard and exhausting years of parenting. Yeah, I think during the time it was happening, I felt like I was like suffering through it, and now when I look back, I I see a person like truthfully having like the experiences of a lifetime. Well, and I just think that, you know, things just don't always go to plan. And ultimately, Mm -hmm. you just have to adopt an attitude of things. They might not go according to my schedule, but ultimately, I'm going to look back and realize that this was how it was supposed to happen, even if it didn't fit the narrative in my brain, and look at all the positive things that were the result of that. If that's getting to spend mm-hmm. 3 years as an adult with your with your husband, you know, getting to do fun things, not 
a broke college student or if it's getting to advance uh-huh. a lot in your career because you aren't managing, you know, children. I just think that you maybe the key to dealing with infertility with positivity is like embracing the positives of not having kids yet. Yeah. And like people feel like they can't talk about the positives of not having kids. Mm-hmm. Like they're like it's somehow this giant betrayal of children and like particularly mothers. Like you're not supposed to talk about truthfully how much easier life is without yeah. kids. Like of course my level of like joy is higher. But, like, not a single minute of my life at home with my four kids, like, belongs to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have – I hardly have an uninterrupted thought mm-hmm. when I'm home. Right. I mean, I think that people – Unless I am paying, like, $20 an hour, I am not having uninterrupted thoughts. I think that people would truly be shocked if they – if they like, because I think if you follow you on Instagram, it's so much glamour. It's so much beauty. It's all the fun stuff, Right. But I think people would uh-huh. be shocked if they knew like your daily life is in it. Like you are in like you have four kids and you are it. You are slammed. You are not like a laissez-faire mom just like upstairs taking mm-hmm. selfies. You are fully like a fully present, engaged, amazing mother. And it's just interesting because, yeah, I think that that's one of the things like I just want our I want listeners to know is like you were an incredible mom but it's just not something that you like are you don't like market that part of your personality or life because you're interested in other things too and so anyway I just want to give you those kudos which you so deserve thank you I mean I think to your credit like you're very much so a person first like a mom second and I don't know if that sounds weird but I think that's like one of the things that makes you like Mm -hmm. so interesting and why so many people are like so taken with you because it's like oh my gosh she's all of these things, she's, you know, her life is so incredible. And on top of it, you know, she has this like wonderful, sweet family and these four gorgeous mm-hmm. children, you know, that she loves so much. Well, I thank you. Thank you both. Um, I am so interested in remaining myself beyond being a mother that it, it's just almost unavoidable for me. I'm beyond like obsessed and in love with my children, but I am just Courtney. Like I'm, I'll always be Courtney. I'll always be Courtney before like wife Courtney, before mom Courtney. And I, I have gone through periods of time where I wish I could lose myself in motherhood more. But ultimately, my goal is to just model to my children a great adult life. Well, and I yeah. think that I just like I have learned so much about being a mom, literally watching you be a mom. Um, because I think that you really have a, you have a way of raising your kids that promotes peace in the home, you know, a lot of just stability, not letting anything really escalate into big fights or, I don't know, you're just a very peaceful person. Um, but then also you, you don't depend on your children for your identity or your happiness. Like those are things you create for yourself while you also take care of your family. And I just think that's like a gift to give your kids because then there's no pressure on them that they have to be the people that like validate your existence. That's always been my hope. I, this is funny. I was talking to Wyatt about this on the way up to the airport. The other night he was out of town. And so I was watching Parent Trap with James and Lewis in bed. And you know how after the girls get done at camp and they've like switched identities. And I think it's Hallie who obviously goes back to London. And um, yeah, or is it Annie? I guess it's Annie who thinks she's Hallie or whatever. And she goes home to her mom and her mom just has this gorgeous life that she steps back into. 
And I think there's just something extremely beautiful in that reference in pop culture of how I think I want to like portray being a woman Mm. and being a mother, Mm -hmm. which is just like you are a golden thread through my rich tapestry of life. And you Mm -hmm. are like always with me. But but she like, you know, she like gets that call from like her studio where she like has to go down and you can just see that she is has these fresh eyes because she's obviously never met her mom before. But she has this like kind of like enchantment with like this life that her mom leads. And I'm not I don't need my kids to find my life enchanting, but I just don't think there's any value to being a mother who if your child is away from you and comes back, like your whole meaning for your life was missing while they were gone. Mm. This is such a, I think, first of all, I think this is super inspiring because so much of the cultural narrative is like, you know, once you have kids, your life is over and it's all about your kids. Like there was that famous Oprah moment where a guy was like, well, just because I had kids doesn't mean my life's over. And she was like, but doesn't it? And then the whole audience claps. (laughs) Um, But I think there is something really hopeful about actually reframing this. But what I would love for you to answer is like, how do you get there? Because before you get to this place where you have this identity in life that's beyond your kids that they can witness, um, you have to kind of build that. Like you built for yourself after you had all four kids, a huge career a super huge career. Uh And do you have any tips for people that like they want to do something, they want to do something where they feel financial freedom, where they have that kind of empowerment, that very real empowerment in a real business. What advice do you have for women that are starting from ground zero from that perspective, kind of as you were a few years ago? Terms of motherhood, I would say if you're already a mom, I would just say like your brand doesn't have to be motherhood. Like you can still be an excellent whatever you are without being a mommy, whatever you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sometimes broadcasting that you're trying to do everything as a mom, it just in a way that I think is kind of honest and sweet. It like it reveals kind of like the the internal struggle that's there. And I think maybe you just let that go and just assume the identity of a human and you know, whatever your career is in the way that a man has the luxury of just also being that. He's not like a totally. daddy blogger. Oh, my gosh. He's not a daddy right. pilot. Yeah, exactly. He's daddy not a daddy, right. a daddy attorney. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's just an attorney. Like, you totally. just be, right. decide that you don't need people to validate you as a mother during your career. Because mm. I think if you're just like, you know, and sometimes I feel, you know, I think we all feel that like, well, what are good people going to think? Like, are people going to know I'm a good mom? Like, I actually don't care if anybody thinks I'm a good mom or a bad mm-hmm. mom. I really just like made peace with that because I'm like, I actually think I'm an amazing mother. Mm-hmm. And my, yeah. and I'm enjoying motherhood so much more, even as my kids get older. And somebody messaged me the other day and they're like, thank you so much. I should have even, I didn't write back to this DM and now I'm feeling guilty. But they're like, thank you so much for acknowledging that you're an adult person or like you enjoy adults more than kids. children yeah because I think yeah more than children I, I think that's hard for people to acknowledge and the more my children become real people the more I'm like obs- even more obsessed with being them wait that is the yeah. I think this is like I have like the chills I think that's the coolest thing to communicate because I think so much of motherhood is seen as like being a mother of toddlers and small children and so much of like what people think of 
as like the ideal mother is like as much and and I obviously like I think this is incredible but it's like the Amber Filler vibe of making like you know gorgeous oh, art snack creations she really yeah. is a goddess but that's not how it always that's not how being a great mother you, always manifests total and you don't have like I mean that's the thing like I would be lying if I didn't look at some of the things that like I think are Amber Filler is like so good at and like seem to bring her joy and like lust after those on on some level but I think we just all have different gifts right and I think yeah I think it's so it's so powerful to be able to recognize that like you can be an amazing mother and it can just look different from the way mm-hmm. like other mothers are a mother and it, it doesn't mean that your children are not having a gorgeous childhood you know where they feel so loved it's just different and I think like hearing you speak about like this stuff court like truly makes me excited mm-hmm. to be a mom Aww. because like I remember being like I remember babysitting when I was younger and I like loved babysitting but I always I liked I really liked babysitting but I always left feeling so exhausted and depleted and and also just being like man I didn't talk to like a real person all day I just like talked to this little kid yeah and I didn't and I it made me feel this dread for motherhood because I'm like wait what if I don't actually like to hang out with like little kids all day long like am I gonna be a bad mom and I think it's just very validating to hear you you know to kind of hear that like it's okay if you're not like always obsessed with like being around little children and it's okay you're still going to be a great mom and your kids are going to be just fine that's like the phase that's guaranteed to end exactly yeah right like my hell I'm gonna be totally honest like my hell is like forcing my child's body into a car seat when they are riding like (laughs) yeah like to me like I I just have a really hard time like getting to a zen place when it's just like please just put on your pajamas like I don't want to like Right. I, I don't want to have to like force your arms through, like, you know, and it, sometimes it's like you can get to a place where you're just like, I'm just going to be patient and wait till you're ready. But like occasionally, like you just have moments where you're just like, get in your car seat. We need to leave. Those are like the low moments of parenting for me, just being mm-hmm. totally honest. You know, I had my kids all so close together that now my oldest is like eight. Uh, she's almost nine. And we just like, like I can just tell like the sky's the limit for us because I'm so excited mm. for her to be like I'm so comfortable with her growing up and becoming like my peer and being someone who like gets life that like I'm just excited watching her grow up and I like want her to stay little for as long as possible but I'm also so prepared for her to be so prepared and excited for her to be an adult that and she's just nailing it like her and Lewis yesterday flew alone to go see our parents Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy they're not like too scared to leave me to do that like I'm really Mm -hmm. proud that I raise kids that like know that like the world can be a safe place and that they can trust and love a lot of people Mm -hmm. well and I just think that ultimately like again like if you're a person who isn't that into toddler activities and like entertaining toddlers really that like you said that's a short-lived phase you don't have to beat yourself up for that because being a mom like most of the time Mm -hmm. you're talking to someone like once you get kids get past 10 11 like I don't know if anyone remembers being 12 13 14 the my opinion your brain doesn't change that much like yes you mature but then no like you're kind of like that's the adult that's the adult brain experience you're no longer a kid and you know what like you're going to be a mother to someone with more of an adult brain for like 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. Like the, sh- the young part of mm-hmm. right. lived. So 
I literally was on the phone with James like a week ago and she asked me what I do for work. And I was trying to explain to her, you know, what a copywriter does. And then I got to this point where I was, where I was explaining what a brand is. And she goes, Coco, I know what a brand is. (laughs) And she's like eight. Like it was hilarious. And and I was like, oh wait, like you're, you're like a person now. Yeah. She's a full fledged person. We like actually gave her the sex talk. You did. um, (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was truly like, so not, we didn't really go deep into it, but just kind of, I just knew she was going to like hear the word soon. And I kind of wanted to be the first person who said it to her directly, like to her face. Yeah. Um, she was extremely uncomfortable. And so I didn't really, I didn't really press it, but like all of these experiences of like watching these, I'm just, I'm a little bit rambling at this point, but I do think I want to just say, I just think that like motherhood is like your relationship with your kids so far past like the minutia of toddlerhood and the insanity of toddlerhood and having done two toddlers at once. Like, I mean, twins is just, we could do a whole other podcast on twins, but I, I'm just telling why the other day, there were so many moments when especially the twins were little that I was just kind of like, I might hate this. Like mm. being a mom is like so hard. I, I honestly like, and I think in moments I did hate some of, I, I hated some of like the, like you just got thrown up on or, you know, like your mm-hmm. child is truly having like a meltdown in front of like a bunch of strangers and everybody's looking at you. And I, I actually think I did really kind of maybe a little bit hate those moments. I'm having less and less of those moments and so many more of like, you know, like the sweet moments. I mean, even like Lewis, like it was the cutest thing. He, I was like driving him home from school and he just like grabbed my hand and he kissed it and he's looking up at me, which is like eyes like he like almost has a crush on me. And with like through the same smiley eyes, he's just like, I'm going to be so sad when you die, mom. Please don't die. Like, you know, just like... Like, I can just see his brain developing and, like, he's awkward in the way he, like, expresses his, like, love for me. He's, like, oddly obsessed with death and, like, when people die. Um, But, like, I'm just obsessed with all of these moments. And it's – so my advice is just hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that these are just really powerful messages to convey because so much of the time I think, you know – the image of perfect motherhood is shoved down people's throats. And it's this very like kindergarten teacher adjacent, you know, pure, pure vibe. And that's not, that isn't like the, the reality of motherhood can be so much more, so much richer and textured and it can have moments of totally hating it, but it'll call also can have moments that are just so transcendent. Absolutely. And honestly, God gave me my kids in like reverse order for like difficultness. Like James was an angel. I thought Lewis was hard. And, like, truthfully, like, the twins are both probably the hardest kids. Really? Just Even with- Samuel? Really? Yeah. Samuel just has, like, no offense to eat Sammy, but, like, the worst ideas. Like, <laughs> he is just, like, his ideas. Like I, I love this take. I don't even know where. Like, he'll, he'll be, like, dipping. You know, like, he'll just decide he wants to put all of his Panda Express in the ice drawer. You know, like, she, I wish I was here to, like, give, I mean, so many bad ideas. It's just and so he's, wild. He's a finger, we call him our finger-sucking boy because he sucks his fingers. So he picks up basically, like, every virus and every germ possible and just sticks his fingers right back in his mouth. So he's really um, 
a pure soul, but he just has, I mean, the worst ideas. And Lily is, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe Lily. Lily is like, like Wyatt said the other day, like heaven help anything that stands in her way. Like she is just, she constantly almost has like her hand in a fist. Like she's just like, she's like growling and her hands in a fist. She's a force of nature <laughs> for sure. She is a force of nature. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, some people people wanted to oh know, or someone wanted to know about choosing to like how far away your kids kids are apart, how far your kids are apart in age, and kind of how you chose that. Lauren, the wall behind you—it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful, and so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Um, I think it was basically insanity to do my kids as close together. Oh, interesting. As I did my I got pregnant with the James was I mean you guys remember James was just never cried I thought I was like the best mom in the world she just never cried she went to bed exactly when she was supposed to you would just lay her in her bed and yeah. walk out mm-hmm. and she would fall asleep yeah so I'm like I've got this I'm gonna have another baby and then Lewis came and I think I was just so anxious to not have any looming pregnancies that yeah. I got pregnant with the twins when Lewis was one so crazy if I could have gone back I think I would have a little more time between Lewis and the twins but mm. um but it but I'm in a great spot now and yeah I think it's all gonna be good yeah absolutely um okay so I'm try- okay so before we get to body stuff I- a lot of people asked about keeping like how to keep your relationship thriving or even like out of survival mode essentially when you're in the thick of young children that is a question for the ages. And unfortunately, you just need to rely on your community or spend money or schedule your kids' sleeping habits in a way that you do not miss out on spending time alone together. Mm. Like, yeah, you have to put that alone time basically second to like the health and safety of your children because your relationship will become completely suffocated unless you bite tooth and nail for it. Mm, yeah. So you just have to really like be intentional about it. Um, and you have to carve out the time. 
You have to carve out the time. And I think I've actually said this on podcast before. Like I have spent enough time around like women in like this childbearing phase. They definitely think there's some women who like find themselves as a like it starts to feel like a real uh, like they've found their purpose. And I just was not that person. Mm -hmm. And so being with just with Wyatt and back in kind of that phase where I guess not that phase, but in that state where I wasn't a mom gave me the energy and the courage to face the hard parts of being a mom again. And so if you are feeling like it's like depleting you, then you just have to fight for your alone time. Gotcha. Yeah. I think I think it would be helpful to talk about your approach to like uh, date night and mm-hmm. having help around the house, like help with the kids and, and everything. Like I think that would be incredible because I think you guys have a really good balance and I think you guys prioritize like, you know, your time and, you know, like even if it means that you like, what do you guys say? You have a honeymoon uh, a month, a month. <laughs> or something and once a month. And obviously, yeah. So speak to this if you don't mind. Um, okay. So we have a ton of help. I just have a lot of really good help. And a part of this too is that my kids are all in school now. Mm-hmm. Even the twins are in yeah. school three days a week. So I've really been able to outsource My motto has always been to outsource everything you can afford that doesn't need you to be the one to do. Mm -hmm. Like if you can afford help with cleaning, I think that is a really, really important place to start Mm -hmm. because like housework is just such an unpaid form of labor that falls so directly to women Mm -hmm. that really like depletes them in so many ways. And for some people, obviously that's unavoidable. And if you're not in a place to outsource any of your housework, it is, I, I can't even overstate how important it is to have your husband or your partner doing at least half of that work. Like, why didn't I have always right. had the understanding that whoever was taking care of our children was doing the harder job? Mm. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, I can't speak for every profession on earth, but between the two of us and all the things we've ever been responsible for, the person who was at home taking care of the kids is the person who needs a break. Like, oh, that's the person oh, who needs the support. That's the person who needs, like, who who gets to be let out of doing the dishes. That's the person who doesn't have to fold laundry before they go to bed. Right. right. Taking care of the kids is the hardest job on earth. I mean, maybe you're... Like, I mean, taking care of kids I, is is as draining and grueling as any career I've been, I'm aware of. I will quickly interject here just to say that I'm not a mother, but I know this, you know, like firsthand from having like, you know, watched kids. And and I literally think all the time about my stupid email job and like the idea that people have to do their email job. And then on top of it, you know, be a mom. I mean, being a mom is so you're so fully Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, like you can't even have an uninterrupted thought. Like it's physical. It's mental. It is like it is all encompassing. Yeah. And I just like have so much respect for anyone who is, yeah, is a mom. And then, you know, as well as someone who works full time and does, you know, both at the same time, like you need help or like, I, yeah, it's just it's I so think much. That one of the ways that I think, well, two things. One, I think, Courtney, you have never been a person who's like, we have to live in as nice of a house as we can afford. You have always been a person mm-hmm. who's prioritized experiences and having an easier life. Yeah. And I experiences think- and clothes experiences clothes being able to afford you know child care help at the house like you have i think always prioritized 
a quality of life over, you know, over potentially overextending yourself um, in certain other ways. And I think that that has provided you with a lot of, I think that that, you know, set a good foundation for you and Wyatt to, to be able to go have little honeymoons together, to be able to, to afford the kind of help where you're not in a position where you're doing it all yourself, essentially. We have like truly considered a few different housing options and moving or building. And whenever we crunch the numbers, like the difference between what we spend now on our mortgage, which is like really just a reasonable home and like kind of just like a you know, a really nice house to me. I look at that figure and I'm just like, that's all my freedom. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have right. like chosen a more just like, just a very normal home and like a reasonable place to live in favor of just like the help, the trips, the clothes, which is totally a personal choice. Right. Some people uh, want, you know, it's just, it has to come down to what you want. But I just think that, I think it's a, it's flexibility. Yeah. It's like you're choosing the flexibility versus being, you know, overextended in one way and then, you know, forced to give up certain things. I just think it's a virtue that you that you and Wyatt have always prioritized having a peaceful life with lots of freedom and lots of rich experiences rather than needing to have like the shiniest biggest mansion or car or whatever like you and you guys your home is gorgeous you drive beautiful cars but I'm talking about like earlier in your life like even when you were very young a very young couple you always always prioritized Mm -hmm. having a lot of discretionary income to be able to spend time together and afford help and I think that that was really valuable Oh, well, good. I'm glad it was. It really has been like a non-negotiable for me. Like I just like a low overhead. Like Mm -hmm. people are going to like maybe roll their eyes with that because I really do probably spend too much on clothes. But like for me, like my clothes spending could dry up at any minute. I could literally stop spending on clothes tomorrow. But like it's those house payments, those car payments, all of those things that are coming for you, whether you like it or not, that have always been terrifying to me. Mm -hmm. And I've like tried to keep all of those as like reasonable as possible for like the daily pleasure and freedom. I also think that, and this is like a huge virtue in my opinion, but I think that you don't have any sense of like, I'm going to make like one of the, like you are the type of mom that you're going to feed your kids healthy, but if you can outsource that and eat it outside, like on the lawn together so that there's very little cleanup needed and it's on just paper like this, plates. on paper plates and it's very easy. Like, and for me, I just think that you prioritize peace and convenience over potentially being the mom who's like, here is this you know, perfect meal I've slaved away for. And then we all need to clean the kitchen for an hour once it's over. Like you just, you prioritize keeping life easy. And I just think that people don't talk about how important that is enough. And like your kids, like the harder you try to make something special for your kids, like the more you just end up on the verge of tears Mm, because they're just going to be in an argument with each other. Like the moment, if you're relying on kids to like bring the energy for the moment you prepared mm-hmm. for them, like you are going to be disappointed almost every time. Right. Kids are never going to validate your efforts. No. And like, and like, that's something like very beautiful about like their, about like having children is it just kind of like checks your ego at the door. You know, you're, you yeah. realize like, am I doing this because it would like make a cool picture? Like, am I doing mm. this because it would like sound fun and interesting? And like, I think what your kids just really want is for you to just being there and like making eye contact with them. 
It's so funny because I just yeah. have that disease so much in me where like I want <laughs> I want to do like the over the top thing. Like I remember for one of James's birthdays, I bought her this like big princess dress that I got from Etsy that was like very nice, very expensive. And I was just like so ready for this huge moment. And she like she did like it and thought it was pretty and was kind of mesmerized by it. But 10 minutes in, she was like, this thing is itchy. Get it off me. You know what totally. I mean? <laughs> like. Yeah. And you don't say, I feel like you just, you have a very realistic approach where you don't put your kids' reactions, like you don't rest your happiness on your kids' reactions to things you do for them. I've done it enough to realize that like, it's not like a one-to-one return. Yeah. And my kids just like are getting, especially my older ones, they're just getting to a point where they just love spending time with their friends. And like, I can almost like feel myself entering more into their periphery. And, you know, I think sometimes when you're just like in your kid's face, you're like, notice me, acknowledge me, see how much work I'm putting into this. I just, I just think that's not the direction um, that I want to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay. Well, I think that the one thing people really wanted us to get to is, is feeling like yourself again, getting to a place after pregnancy where you feel your best. All right, you guys. So we will be back next week. We will get into all of those questions about bouncing back, feeling like yourself again, health, fitness, nutrition, all that stuff that people really wanted to know. Um, so we have another, you know, 45 minutes with Courtney on all of that. So we're so grateful. And if you love this episode, please share it on your story, include the link so that people can easily tap and listen. Um, if you know, if you're feeling extra magnanimous, feel free to leave us a five-star review. All right. Thanks so much for listening and we will be back next week. Bye. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.